up, NBA fans? It's the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We've taken a short pause as, you know, as the the whole nation was dealing with COVID and uh, pandemic issues and traveling with the holidays. Us here, we've also been dealing with our fair share of uh, small health, health hiccups. So we've had to take a break for, for what has been a month, but we're back. We're healthy, full strength, and uh, ready to chat some NBA basketball. Uh, we missed the exact midseason point, but we'll still visit some of those midseason awards for, for our guys. I think some dudes deserve shout outs for what they've done up to this point. We're also close to the trade deadline, so we'll review our wish list slash storylines that we think, we think, or maybe hopeful could unfold in these next coming days. All this and more here on today's podcast episode. But, Sean, it's been a while since we've recorded. I'm sure you're excited to jump back on. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited, Alan. It, it's good to be back. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad I'm healthy. And I just, I love talking basketball with you, man. That, that's really what this is all about. So let's do it, man. There's, we have, there's so much to go over, but we're only going to cover some of the bigger stuff. But uh, it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun to be following all this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Same here. Um, always look forward to recording, chatting basketball. Um, but we got to start off at the top of the he- top of the headline before jumping into the midseason awards. Is we got to look deep into Los Angeles, and we're not talking about the Clippers because somehow they've been holding on to a respectable <laughs> eight seed in the Western Conference. <laughs> but right across, <laughs> but right across town, you got the LA Lakers, uh, who are now right now as we speak in the ninth seed, uh, down against Portland at halftime. But you know that's a close game, but. Really, the story here is the Lakers. We have to talk about them. They, LeBron James is out. Davis just comes in. Westbrook has been holding down the fort. So in terms of getting that third healthy star, Rob Palenka succeeded there. Westbrook is on the floor. Mm-hmm. But all three of these guys have only been on the floor together 16 times for 16 games this year out of the 51 games played so far. And that's all resulted in the Lakers being in the ninth seed, bottom half, and uh, offensive rating, 17th in terms of defensive rating. So all across, just a slightly below average team up to this point. Sean, is there any optimism left as we head down the stretch here for the, for the L.A. Lakers? Well, I think the optimism lies within Russell Westbrook mainly. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen all the skeptics come out. I mean, they they are having a field day criticizing this man. I mean, it's he's a really easy target, right? You can mm-hmm. criticize so many aspects of Westbrook's game, but at the end of the day, this dude comes to play towards the end of the season. We saw it last year in Washington. He started averaging a triple-double again. He just willed them into the playoffs, and you gotta think that this team is a little bit better than that Washington team was last year. So, if he can just get a little bit of that, you know, last couple months of the season magic that he can do, and we've seen it happen very recently, I think there's really nothing to worry about. I mean, do I think that there's gonna be, you know, a three or four seed in contention? Like, do I think the Lakers have a shot at, you know, putting themselves in a home court advantage in the first round? Probably not. <laughs> I think we're a little yeah, past that, that point. That ship has sailed. We, you'd need a monumental collapse from some of the teams up there. That's just not going to happen. But do I think they could 
you know, find themselves at least in the seventh seed, sixth seed, it's it's definitely within reason. I, I don't see any reason that they can't do it. I mean, they have the talent. That's just, you know, a lot of that also rides on LeBron James's health. We don't really know what's going on with his knee soreness right now. He went back to LA to handle it with some specialists and will he be out through the all-star break? Who knows? But if they're all there, I am not concerned yet for this team. There's still plenty of basketball. Yeah. And that's the unknown right now is LeBron James's health. And it's sort of crazy. We keep talking about his age, but he's still the best player on this team, Mm -hmm. even despite being on the same roster as Davis and everything flows through him. He starts and initiates the offense, and every player looks to him. And when talking about talent in terms of who's coming to help the Lakers, THT has been bad this year. Malik Monk is a bright spot. Avery Bradley's been bad. Stanley Johnson, it's tough to say he's been a he's been a saving grace. I mean, I think it's just the Lakers have just been missing bodies in general, so just having him is an addition. Austin Reeves seems promising, but... It outside of the three players, this team is rough. It's really, really rough. Carmelo having a resurgence, but uh, it it's rough, and they 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 need these pieces to work together. And if they can get them back on the floor, ASAP, that'll be good to give them a shot. But you're right. I'm talking about Westbrook. It's just crazy how we this guy just has not been able to change his game, change his mindset, and just adapt to being on a good team. <laughs> I mean, that's just who he is, right? It I is mean, just who he is. He's always been that guy. <laughs> yeah, you got to respect it. But at some point, you know, if you want to talk about winning a championship and winning games, you got to be able to also bring the bring that bring what you need to make that happen. And you know, I will give him a I will give him a small shout out. Ever since the criticism has gone really heavily in terms of turnovers, with when Davis went down, he had a good stretch of games where he did look like he was consciously. Uh, avoiding to turn the ball over and um, take trying to take better shots. So he did go a phase while doing that. Unfortunately, I think now with LeBron down, we're probably going to need to see that version of Westbrook come back. <laughs> but, like, it should work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to find a better pick-and-roll partner than Anthony Davis. And right. they're both there right now. And it's like, I know, you know, the get-off-my-lawn Lakers have, like, you know, the oldest supporting cast around these guys, but I just feel like we give Anthony Davis some sort of, I don't know, reprieve from, you know, these expectations that he should be a top five player in this league. I don't yeah. care if you're playing for the Lakers or Pelicans or whatever. Like, this is a guy that we were touting as possibly the best player in the league before he came to the Lakers. And there has not been a single whisper of that since he got here. And he you know, might not that's make fine. the All Star team. He, I don't think he will. Yeah, I he mean, he's, won't. he's missed a lot of games, and that's that's I think going to be the main factor. If he was playing this whole time, sure. But I just it, it baffles me that this guy has become such a timid, uninteresting star that you're just like, oh yeah, like you know, he's a top twenty five player, but he's not a difference maker. When we were a few years ago talking about this guy's a top five player in the league. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know if it's Le- the LeBron effect, you know, just making him feel like a beta. I-, I don't know if it's just like a championship hangover that's never going to end. But, you know, you have this guy on your team that should be a top five player in the league. You should not need to worry 
on like mm-hmm. about anything. Like this is still a better supporting cast than he had on the Pelicans. So this should be this team should be fine. But he right. just needs to find that swagger. Exactly. He's totally feels like he's letting the era that was sort of meant for him kind of escape his hands, the era of like the big versatile man that can pass, shoot, just be the triple threat and Davis is feels like he is by and far one of the best guys at that just naturally. Um obviously I think Giannis is probably number one, but <laughs> yes. I think Davis in his own right can be a number two or a number three player in this league mm-hmm. just based off his size and his triple threat ability, pass, yeah. shoot, um, dribble around guys. So uh hope hopefully he can bounce back and maybe the Lakers do have one more big run left in them after this all star break in, in about two weeks. And they can put it together and pull themselves out of this. Well, they'll still be in playing position, but at least give themselves that home court advantage <laughs> yeah. in that game. Or at least make it so you only have to win one playing game. You know, exactly. nine cents, you got to win two games. And you know the Timberwolves are going to put up a nasty fight if you go up against them. It seems like the first game probably be pretty easy. You'll probably play like the Blazers or the Pelicans. That's fine. But like to actually have to beat them and then go play against the Clippers who might have Kawhi or Paul George back or mm-hmm. this rejuvenated Wolves team, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. I know you have the better players, but still, you know, that that's a terrifying prospect. You got to get out of that nine seed. Yeah. And we might not get the Clippers-Lakers playoff series, but... It's looking very likely that we may get that Lakers Clippers play in <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the first actual LA series where it's, you know, something's on the line. That would yeah. at least be pretty cool. I mean, sad for one of us, obviously, but mm-hmm. it'll at least give us some entertainment because it, it's hard to believe that either of these teams is going to make the championship at this point. But yeah, it'd be nice to see them make a run. So here's a question one last question for the Lakers here. Is there a shot that they can make a move come trade deadline? No, no, I don't see it. No either. one wants Taylor Horton Tucker. No one God, wants him. What? All right, get over it. <laughs> what a bad gamble! And I think <laughs> I don't think there was a lot of Laker fans. I think that were we were all in love with THT. I didn't see it. I thought he was a solid player, but I would have. I knew that not making that move for Kyle Lowry and not mm-hmm. resigning Dennis Schroeder was going to come back and bite the Lakers in the butt and God it has (laughs) and for the big reason that I said then and I'll say it now is you just don't have any tradable assets THT is not that great of a tradable asset and I think the hope was that he would come out and out of the gates and play really well I mean the dude plays in a place bold basketball and the personality is there Mm -hmm. but the numbers are just not there shooting well under 30 percent from three Barely hanging on to forty percent field goal shooting, uh, it at times looks lost, and he it only yeah. looks like he's got one go to move, and that's that that pull up quick floater, or getting mm-hmm. to the basket. Yeah. And in this game, in this day and age, the teams can shut that down pretty quickly, especially when they're when the when you're on a team that struggles with outside shooting. Yeah. And he's not that good of a defender either. No, he's not. <laughs> struggles. Yep. Buyout market is they're gonna have to do something there. Um, mm-hmm. now Paul Millsap's been a name that's been floated out. I don't know if that moves the needle at all, but no. I don't know what else you're going to get at this point. <laughs> Maybe you can call up uh, Mac McLung from the G League and see if he can do something for you. Yeah, Buddy Hill and Jeremy Grant would have been great things, great players to get, but it's just not happening. And maybe that's if you happening. had, if you if you had been able to get Dennis 
I don't even know if Dennis Strode would have made it. Maybe a Kyle Lowry short-term deal would have been enough yeah. to make that make those deals happen. But mm-hmm. uh, who knows? But anyways, moving on from there, we got Kyrie Irving coming back for the Brooklyn Nets, saving grace for a team that looks like they could have easily spiraled down with losing Durant, James Harden for a couple games, Blake Griffin for a couple games, LaMarcus Aldridge for a couple games. And... <laughs> I like how you give Blake Griffin the mention there, like he matters to that team. I mean, it's just, this team is so light. It's like, they need they need these names. They need even bodies, these guys yeah. are like has-beens. <laughs> oh, man. What, some of these names that they've been throwing out there, Kessler Edwards, uh, Dayron Sharp, Duke, David Duke Jr., like, <laughs> <laughs> how is this stack nets team starting guys like this regularly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there have season. been some names in there joe there's no joe harris either there's yeah. still no word on when joe harris might come yeah, back he is his timetable keeps getting moved back like at first it was christmas and then it was end of january and now it's like who knows yeah that's that fourth piece that's taken up a good amount of mm-hmm. cap on their roster nick claxton maybe a little bit promising for them but yeah Kyrie Irving coming back is huge I mean I've watched a couple of these games though and it they're gonna they're gonna win games just off talent alone but sure unless they get to ramp back and he can mesh well this team is in danger I think I think they're beatable in the playoffs in the second round yeah it's such such a bad team outside of the stars Mm -hmm. I mean Obviously, your two big pieces in Durant and Harris are missing, so it's just Kyrie and Harden, and those guys are great, but you only have Kyrie for the away games, and they're only four and five in the games he's even played. Uh, most mm-hmm. of those are with Durant out. but So that just goes to say, like him plus James Harden is not enough. Like You can't just roll with these two stars and expect to go far in the playoffs. Like Durant needs to be there. I mean, if Kyrie Irving's not even going to be there for half of the games in the playoff series... Yeah, like like you said, I think second round is very possible. I mean, with a lot of these East teams on the come up right now. Yeah, and I just realized this. They're on a five-game losing streak. I didn't even realize Ooh, that. Well, I did not realize now. that either. Wow. They dropped They dropped one to the Timberwolves. They even lost. They lost to the Lakers, um, lost to the Warriors, and then lost, I, a, yeah. lost like an exciting one against the Suns last night. But the Suns kind of just turned it yeah. on when they needed to and put them away. Not much yeah. of a fight, I thought. Huh. Yeah, they they I mean they've slid in the standings. I mean you, you look at it right now. I mean my I think Miami just made it back to the top. And I don't the Nets are in danger of not not being home court advantage for any of these series. Yeah. Which I maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they want more away games so Kyrie Irving can actually play. I mean, it could actually work in their favor if you think about it that way. Exactly. I think this is such an interesting year in the NBA. It looked like a lot of the heavy favorites are sort of moving out, and it really feels to me like the stars are aligning for another repeat of Bucks versus Suns in the mm. NBA Finals. It could be, man. I mean, they're right there, the Bucks, for uh, one and a half games behind the Bulls right now, who over retook that one seed despite you know Alonzo being out, Caruso being out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's anyone's. I mean, Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers are two games out of first. What the heck, man? This is insane. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, y- you got to think. Yeah, the Suns and the Warriors have, you know, the straight shot to the finals at this point. One of those two is going to be there. Uh, but, yeah, the East is wide open, man. Brooklyn's really left the door open this year. And, I mean, yeah. Philadelphia, too, by not having Ben Simmons. Um, right. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that Kyrie's back playing basketball. I, you know, I just want all the stars to play, man. You know, it sucks when, you know, the league's not at full strength. You don't have Kawhi and Paul George. You don't have LeBron, Ben Simmons, hell, even John Wall, you know. I want to <laughs> see John Wall play basketball, you know. Yeah getting paid 44 million dollars yeah this puts luol dang to shame you've seen john wall <laughs> sit on the bench for 44 million dollars a year yeah it's the the best passive income stream any yeah. man has created for themselves yeah nfts wall. can't stand up to john wall's passive income <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um the other trade trade that's come down to come down is cam reddish getting traded to the knicks for kevin knox in a first rounder these trades are always so funny, so funky to me. Where Cam Reddish is—he's a lottery pick, and you end up just giving him away to another team. Right. And now he's just sitting in New York. I'm not sure what New York's plan is for him, yeah. other than to just let him expire and walk away. Right. A lot of people were saying that this was a win for the Knicks when this trade first happened, and I was like, "When is he gonna play?" You know, yep. like where does this this rotation that runs like ten guys deep and Thibodeau plays all of them like anywhere between five to twenty five minutes a night? Like, where does he fit in? And the answer is he doesn't. And mm-hmm. everyone should have seen that coming. So he gets like five to fifteen minutes a game, doesn't do anything, and you gave up a first round pick for what? Like, this guy's on an expiring deal now. I mean, I guess you could bring him back on the team option next year. But even still, you, all the guys that you're playing in your rotation are coming back next year, too. Like, Alec Burks is coming back. Emmanuel Quickly is coming back. Derek Rose is going to be back healthy next year, hopefully. And it's just like, where does Cam Reddish fit? You just signed freaking Evan Fournier to a three-year deal. Are you not going to mm-hmm. play him? Yeah, it's Kemba, just, too. Yeah. Kemba, I mean, maybe they let go of Kemba, I don't know, but there's just no room for him, like, and he's not going to be able to prove himself if these are your rotation players, so it was a stupid trade in my mind, you just gave up a pick for nothing. Yeah, I thought maybe this made sense if they had a deal lined up to unload Fournier or Manuel Quigley or some other deal to open up space, but yeah. Uh, maybe that's coming in the summer, but for now it just doesn't really seem to make sense. Right. And if they just let him walk, this is this would be the mo- one of the most boneheaded things I've <laughs> <know>. ever seen. <laughs> right, and and the Knicks suck right now. Right, their first mm-hmm. round pick could end up being a really good pick for the Hawks, uh, who already have a plethora of good guys. Or this could be a great trade piece for the Hawks if they want to make a big move to get another star player on the team. That's a very mm-hmm. valuable asset. Yeah, maybe that is something that they're thinking. Maybe, yeah, the Hawks are out here playing chess and Knicks are playing checkers type of deal. (laughs) Right, yeah, but uh, it's disappointing, man. You know, the potential (laughs) seems like it's still there for Reddish, but he's never had his opportunity. In high school, he wasn't even the best player on his team. Uh, Duke, he was the third best player on the team. They didn't use him correctly, and it seems like the same thing's happening for him again. So, yeah, opportunity is always the name of the game in the NBA. Yeah, he needs to figure out how to get himself into at, into Detroit and New Orleans. Those would be the two places he could <laughs> shoot the ball as much as he wants yeah, and do whatever right. he wants out there. Orlando. <laughs> Orlando, <laughs> Orlando, yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poor Cam. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in then. MV- mid-season awards, um, you know, it's not quite the exact mid-season point, but we got to jump enough. in and still. Yeah, we still got to jump in here and give our thoughts here. First one. First and probably the biggest award of the year is obviously 
the MVP of the year. This one is a bit interesting for me. I wanted to give it to somebody on the Warriors or the Suns Mm. because it just seemed to make sense. These are two dominating teams. And I think Durant had something to say here, too, is before he uh, got injured. But, you know, Sean, I'm going to go with Giannis. I'm going to go with Giannis here. (laughs) I've liked what I've seen from Giannis. He's been consistent. The the Bucks have had guys come in and out. The dude is well within the top 20 in most major statistical categories, points per game, rebounds, defensive rating. He's definitely up there as one of the defensive player of the year candidates as well. And the Bucks, while they're hovering, you know, right now in the fourth seed, they've been they've been playing around with the second seed and first seed in the Eastern Conference for a while now. Um throughout the year and the Eastern conference looks to be the tougher conference of this year. I think I've always given him flack in the Milwaukee bucks for running away with the number one seed. And I always feel it's because their their strength of schedule is so much lenient <laughs> compared to everybody else in the NBA. But mm. this year's a bit different and he's holding down the four and I wouldn't be surprised if they make another finals run and in terms of MVP, I'm throwing Giannis out there, but I will say an honorable mention to Jokic. Him and Jokic are the only two players in the league averaging at least 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Jokic mm. is doing the almost the same thing as Giannis in terms of just holding his team up. Maybe not doesn't quite have the defensive prowess that Giannis has, but he's doing special things on the offensive end as well. But I'm yeah. doing I'm I got Giannis penciled in for me. And that's very fair and yeah, I'm going with the guy you just mentioned, Nikola Jokic. And it's yeah. funny because a few weeks ago, I probably would have agreed with you and would have said it's Giannis, but the hot streak that Jokic has gone on over the last few weeks, just tearing it up, and, and the Nuggets are firmly in a in a seat outside the play-in now, um, whereas earlier in the season they weren't, but Jokic is carrying this team on his back, man. Like, no yeah. guy... You could argue Joel Embiid is also carrying his team on his back in a similar way, but Jokic is just, he's so dominant, man. Everything he does is the right play. He's just such an imposing force, and it, it's hard for me to say that any one player means more to his team than Jokic does. I mean, because with Giannis, you have Middleton, you have Drew Holiday. I know they've been hurt a little bit, but, you know, at least you have the supporting cast there. Jokic's second best player on his team is Aaron Gordon. (laughs) Or maybe arguably Will Barton on some nights. Composto, man. Okay, yeah. (laughs) They're playing Austin Rivers as a rotation player. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. But, yeah, there's there's no other talent on this roster, and they have no right to be where they are sitting, I think, what are they at? I think it's 28 and 22 overall. Yeah, they're the fifth seed right now fifth seed just overtook dallas that's super impressive in my opinion Mm -hmm. and i think the only thing that's going to work against him is voter fatigue i mean he just won it last year so people don't like seeing repeat mvps for whatever reason but he's doing exactly what he did last year but he they're winning games solely because of him um but you know I, i can see the argument for Giannis. i could see the argument for steph i could see it for Joel Embiid, uh, it's a pretty wide open MVP race at this point. It seems like it, it switches hands uh, every few weeks or so. But right now, I think it's Jokic, if, especially if he continues his run. Yeah, I think when you look at the body of work for all the players so far this year, I think it's hard to argue against Giannis and Jokic. I think those two guys are yeah, up there. I, but yeah, I wouldn't be upset with either. <laughs> 
yeah, I think there was an argument to be a stronger argument to be made for Steph Curry maybe just like a month ago. Um, oh man, Durant. he's cold now. Yeah, Steph's yeah. cold. I don't know. After he hit that uh, record-breaking three-pointer, he's been cold since then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's just kind of yeah. resting on his laurels a bit. I will say shout out to one other guy though, John Morant. You know, I won't sure. say he's top oh, three, top four, but yeah, I think I think he's got a name for himself in, in you, either you the have fifth to spot. throw him in, especially with the record Memphis has. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing working against him is that. I feel like they would still be winning a good amount of games without him, and they have this year. They're eight and two without him, um, but yeah. you can't you can't deny that he's been a big part of what they do there. Yeah, exactly. His energy, you know. I think if it wasn't for the the score and tear that he did at the beginning of the year, who knows if this team is able to crank themselves up to be doing what they're doing this year? Because all the guys yeah. came out of the gate so bad for Memphis outside of just jo- outside of Morant, mm-hmm. um, but. Moving on there, defensive player of the year. This one's this one's a super funky one. This one was really <laughs> tough for me to really think about it. Um, but I think me and you are in agreement here, Sean. I, I'm yeah. going with Draymond Green, but I will say Asterix barely. You know, I'd be open to hearing mm-hmm. anybody else just because Draymond Green has now been out for quite some time. And um, the, the Warriors, obviously, as a result, have fallen off. And it feels yeah. like maybe there could be another guy out there that can – make an argument for it. And I think two guys that I have that could be making a strong argument for it is Giannis and Jaron Jackson Jr. Giannis talked a lot about what he's done. He's just sort of the center of that team uh, leading the league. He's definitely top five in terms of defensive rating as, as just a player alone. Jaron Jackson Jr. Though in the last, in the last month and a half has Mm -hmm. also just turned it up in terms of his (laughs) defensive versatility and just going out there and blocking shots he rejected fifty three. Yeah, he rejected fifty three shots in January. Whew. Twenty blocks more than the next player on that <laughs> oh, list, and that would man. be Robert Williams the third. Wow. Uh, so, I got Draymond Green, but I'm open to hearing if there's anybody else out there. Yeah, I, I like the shout out for Jaron Jackson. I feel like not a lot of people would talk about that as him mm-hmm. being in that conversation. I mean, the obvious one that we left out is Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Any love for Rudy? Uh, I think, I don't know. I think he's too boring. (laughs) He's fallen off a couple, a couple weeks. Um, but the last couple weeks with injuries to himself, but I get, I'm just, I guess if I had to choose somebody that's healthy right now and has just Mm. been on a tear as of recently, these are the two guys that come to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, especially if Jaron Jackson can continue this streak he's on with the blocks and, you know, being that presence inside, I could see him creeping up there as the year goes on and yeah if Draymond Green continues to sit out because his injury is pretty serious I mean yeah it started as a leg injury now it's a back injury and back injuries as Michael Porter Jr. would attest are pretty tricky to recover from so hopefully he's not out too much longer it's really sad that this happened right when Clay Thompson came back so we still haven't seen all three of those guys on the court together Um, huge tragedy for for NBA fans, but yeah, I think if Draymond cannot play for another extended stretch, it does take him out of the conversation. And you know, based on name value, I think Giannis probably gets it. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, the stars could align here where we see. I don't think it'll happen, but it might. Giannis getting Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. This that would be quite the mm-hmm. quite the accomplishment. But it is a funky year in the NBA with with 
all the COVID situations and injuries left and right. So right. there's a chance maybe. Uh, this is always a fun one, this next one. I most love improved. Most Improved. It's my favorite <laughs> award. I don't know why. I, I, I just love seeing the underdogs come out from – you know, from the depths and become yeah. relevant. <laughs> I think it's the award that, like, I I would get, I would say NBA casual fans least care about or yes. even put any thought <laughs> oh, into. Totally. They don't care. It, yeah, yeah. I think if you could get into an argument with someone about who the most improved player of the year is, you know, they know basketball because you get some fan. names <laughs> that nobody really knows. But yeah, I know you're hot on this, this one, so I'll let oh, you go I mean, first. Yeah, I mean, man after my own heart right here. Miles Bridges, man. I'm so happy this man has continued his production. Obviously, a small drop-off from the beginning of the year when this guy just went nuclear. And granted, he had to give up a lot of shots to the guys like Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington once they got healthy. But dude went from 12.7 points a game last year, a bench player. He's averaging over 20 points a game so far this year with a huge increase of usage. Um, and he's only averaging 0.2 extra turnovers per game from what his role was last year. So he's playing really smart basketball, and he's dominating on the offensive end. He's a great defender, can play a lot of positions there. And he made a bet on himself at the beginning of the season, said, I'm not taking a measly four-year, $60 million deal. I'm I'm going to make big money in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm make you guys regret not paying me and it, it's it warms my heart to see him become the player that, you know, people thought he could be, like his full potential coming into the draft. Um but well, obviously a little biased cuz I you know, I've been gunning for this guy all season, but I if I had to really be unbiased, I have to give the honorable mention to John Morant. You know, it's just unreal what this guy's done. Averaging 19.1 points per game last year to 26.4 this year. And just what he's been able to do as a leader and just, you know, elevating so many different parts of his game. And he just looks so unstoppable at times, you know. To go from an all-star to a superstar is a huge jump. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe more so than Miles Bridges going from a role player to a star player who might not even be an all-star player. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, you got you to gotta shout out John Morant on this list. Yeah, Miles Bridges is a good one. It's tough to argue against that one. I do wonder if Mike, this would be the year Michael Jordan opens up his wallet to the right pieces and brings Miles Bridges because yeah. Miles Bridges needs that Gordon <laughs> Hayward money, man. That What you're he giving does, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> He's playing better than Gordon Hayward for sure. Yeah. Miles Bridges is essentially saving that team, Michael Jordan, in a way, because that Gordon Hayward contract, you know, he's on the court, but yeah, playing up to his value, yeah, not he, really. he plays like the fourth best player on the team. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's like a he plays like a Boyan Bogdanovich role like on Utah. Like that's Gordon Hayward. You know, yeah, it's like you know, sometimes he goes off for thirty points, but most of the time he's you know just there doing a role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Miles Bridges, yeah. his his emergence has sort of saved, turned this, you know, the, the narrative around this team from, nope, there, there they go, give another bad contract to them mm-hmm. actually being respectable. They're seventh seed. They got a young star in LaMelo Ball, and him and Miles Bridges could be a, quite the one-two for a couple years in the Eastern Conference if, you know, Mitch Jordan decides to bring them back. If they come back, I shouldn't yeah. say Jordan. It's up to M- Mitch Kupchak. He's the general manager. <laughs> I'm sure Jordan uh, has a say in it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. John Moran is like, 
an interesting name to throw in here. It almost feels like it would be cheap to give it to him just because, like, he's going to get all these other yeah. awards. But, you know, it I think those sense. two are good names. So I'll give you two. That I really mention. like this name you have here, and I I would not be upset if he wanted to. <laughs> but I'll give it to another guy and another who's also got a Memphis jersey on, and that's Desmond Bain. And Oof. when I talk about most improved, this guy literally is, like, coming from the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, from nothing. Yeah, like late first rounder, late first round pick, nine points a game last year. Uh, you know, was deep, deep in, the, deep in the bench, and has sort of come out and had an awesome sophomore year, and is a huge reason why the Memphis Grizzlies are such a dangerous team on the offensive end. They've got a bunch of dudes that can just triple threat, who just have triple threat stuff on in their back pocket. Desmond Bain's one of these guys. His pull up game has has been tremendous this year. Beat you off the dribble. He can drive, or he could also swing the ball back out to one of the other uh, impre- talented players on this Memphis Grizzlies team. And huge piece. He could have easily been just another guy knocking down shots for, uh, off of John Moran assists, but he's definitely been a guy who just holds his whole team together when Jock goes to the bench or when he's been out this out this year. So 9.2 points a game to 18 points per game Big this time. year, <laughs> shooting twice as many shots, double the minutes per game. And, you know, he's on the team that's good, That's currently in the third seed in the Western Conference. So if we go the extreme ends of most improved, this is one of those guys that I, I'd like to see get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And an honorable mention for me is DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. Totally. I, this guy, I thought we'd, I thought last year was like, okay, that's DeJounte like, Murray. 16 yeah. points a game. <laughs> Yeah. Seven rebounds, you know, like 45% assists, shooting. Yeah, like, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty good, but he he won't make an all-star team. And this year, <laughs> he's totally turned it up. And yeah. he might be one of those uh, guys who's a bit upset, and I'm sure his local media will also be upset that he's not an all-star. But 19 points a game, uh, nine assists, eight rebounds, near triple-double across the board. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of steals sad. in there, I think too. that's a huge, yeah. huge, huge year. Like, yeah, he's a great defender too. I mean, I think he averages two steals a game. I think he's leading the league in steals per game. Yeah, exactly. At 25 years old, with this heck of a year that he's yeah. had, he's opening the door up to people actually taking him serious again, serious more seriously in terms of like, well, this guy can probably be a top 25 player in this league if not if he's not already close to that. Man, if the rest of the Spurs weren't so garbage. My God, man. Like, <laughs> why mm-hmm. do they start Doug McDermott? Yeah. <laughs> You're wasting DeJounte Murray's talent putting Doug McDermott dudes next to this guy. Oh, but, yeah, I he, man, the strides this guy's made out of nowhere is pretty amazing. And back to Desmond Bain, we, well, we always say opportunity. You get mm-hmm. the opportunity. Dylan Brooks hasn't barely played at all this year. Right. He would have He would have taken so many of this guy's shots throughout the course of a lot of the games and this has allowed Bain to thrive you know not mm-hmm. having Brooks there and honestly I I think Dylan Brooks is probably a bad thing for this Memphis team overall taking shots from you know quality looks that Bain gets quality looks that you know maybe guys like I don't know Kyle Anderson DeAnthony Melton can get because Dylan Brooks is a terrible shooter let's be real yeah. he jacks up like 17 shots a game and averages like 35 percent I think, yeah, the longer this guy sits out, the better for Memphis. But, yeah, Desmond Bain, that's a really, it's really cool 
seeing these random guys come out and be like very high caliber NBA players. Yeah, and this might have opened up the door for Memphis to kind of clear out some of these names on their roster. They don't quite that they don't quite know what to do with this, and that's like a Dylan Brooks and a Kyle Anderson. Uh, maybe get some more better assets to to round out this roster because I think the core the core is clear now. You got yeah. Bain, Jaron Jackson, and uh, and John Moran. And at the beginning of the year, we were talking about John Jaron being the only clear pieces, but now mm-hmm. I mean, even Zahari Williams has put together a good stretch of games out here. Yeah, like this he's been getting the opportunity, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so the other one, six man, I think this is probably the more <laughs> boring <laughs> award this year, Very. less controversial. Uh, I don't know. Even the pick is like not that exciting, but it's I, well I got earned, Tyler though. Harrow. That's, yeah, that's who it's I got. well earned. Ty- Tyler Harrow is, I mean, he came out of the gates just swinging this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were like, oh my God, like, Tyler Hero was right. He is in the same conversation as Luca and Trey Young. And then he cooled off, obviously. But, I mean, still averaging 20 points a game over the course of the season, coming off the bench still, really going back to that, you know, that bubble swagger that he had, the, that high production, you know, just high high shot sele- selection, big usage, doing it all. I mean, averaging a good amount of assists, too, uh, being the primary ball handler for that second unit. And it's a, it's a big reason why Miami's been able to make a comeback this year and is holding down that second seed right now and is knocking on the door for first. He's he's had a great year. We got to give him to him. Yeah, I was looking at the Vegas odds for this just to kind of help me not forget any names. Uh, Vegas odds is one of the ones that Vegas, just looking at the Vegas odds helped me, you know, figure out that if I'm missing anybody. Yeah. I'm not missing anybody because the gap is huge. <laughs> no. It's it's Tyler yeah. Harrow, and then you got Kelly Oubre Jr. And then Kelly further Oubre. behind that is Montrez Harrell, and then you got guys like Jalen Brunson who may or may not even he's qualify not, he's for this. He's not even a six man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson's not quite having the yeah. year. Buddy Heal is okay. Buddy Heal. Oh my God! If yeah. That's who we're including in this <laughs> list. This is not even close. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a close list. I think this is the least controversial race i've seen for this award yeah this, year. this is clear cut uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, this is back when like this is like lou williams status two years ago when it was like obviously it's lou williams mm-hmm. um but yeah good for him man it, it's cool to see him come back to be the player we know he can be you always want to see that exactly rookie of the year this one i think i was hoping was going to be a lot closer than it has been the last month it started yeah. off pretty close, I'd say, but yeah, man. I, I mean, it, it was close. You're right, but it has to be Evan Mobley. It really does. Yeah. And you know, you Cade Cunningham has had some very good games recently, and we can't discount that. He could end up being the best player out of this class, you know, five years from now. But man, Evan Mobley, he 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 doesn't stuff the stat sheet like Cade Cunningham does, right? But he's super efficient, and he's averaging 14.8 points a game, which is very good for a rookie. 8.4 rebounds is huge, and 1.7 blocks a game, which is massive. And you can ask any Cleveland Cavaliers fan. They think that he's the Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I was going to—I wasn't going to say he was Defensive (laughs) Player of the Year, but it shouldn't go without mentioning is how big of a piece he's been for this Cleveland Cavalier team. 
Mm-hmm. The the search that they've been on, yeah, partly obviously you you got to be a good offensive team, but they're top yeah. three in the league in terms of defensive rating. Like they right. are a legit defensive team, and they lock down. And part of that is just the fact that they're able to play these mobile big men, and Evan Mobley being a key piece of that. Mm-hmm. Dude can score on the block and is defensively versatile, and at the same time can hold down most guys in the league. So, and he for being a rookie, it's pretty impressive to see and. I think that's why the Cavs have surprised so many people and are sitting, what, in the fifth seed right now in, in the Eastern yeah, Conference? Yeah, in the fifth seed, two games out of first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. But, yeah, he's Mobley's a huge part of that. They they hit it 100% with this draft pick. I'm sure they're stoked that they, they were able to acquire him, and maybe this starts a dynasty for them. I mean, between Garland and Jared Allen and Mobley, that, you know, you got a good thing going there. Yeah, I, I'm stunned that this lineup, these lineups that they've been throwing out there have worked. Kevin Love yeah. has sort of been playing better, too, the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, he should be in the six-man conversation more than Buddy <laughs> Heald. Or Kelly Oubre Jr., for that matter. Oubre mm-hmm. gets, like, you know, these random 40-point games out of nowhere and then does, like, nothing the next five games. That, to me, does not warrant six-man. Kevin Love is way better six-man than Kelly Oubre. Yeah, uh, in terms of rookie of the year, switching it back is, I think Evan Mobley. It's hard to argue against that. I think an honorable mention is Scotty Barnes. Um, dude has also yeah. been super consistent. I think he got a lot of highlight reels, a lot of airtime in the beginning of the year, but I feel like mm-hmm. he's kind of gotten a little quiet. Yeah. Um, well, that, the problem still... is that he he was the primary ball handler for this team for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had injuries, right? I mean, Gary Trent was out. Pascal Siakam was out. OG Ananobi was out, all for extended time. And Scotty right. Barnes was, was, you know, the option. And once all those guys came back, then, yeah, he, he had to go back into a role-player style. So it, it's a shame. You know, we don't get to really see him play at his full potential. Um, but, yeah, I think he gets an honorable mention. Yeah, I'll give him an honorable mention. I think his body of work that he's put together the last – the first three three months of this year deserve a shout out, yeah. and uh, I think I think we're I think it's going to be a special yeah. thing. And he's been able to keep those Toronto Raptors afloat. They're in the eight seed right now, so I think that deserves more shout out. I mean, obviously, there's guys like Josh Giddy, uh, Frank Frank Warner, that oh, dude's Franz, been like Franz Wagner. Franz, Franz Wagner. <laughs> he's probably the dude I knew the least about, and I was like, who the heck? I didn't yeah. realize he was a rookie. I thought he was just a random role player right. doing really well this year. Mo, Mo Wagner's brother, man. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they play on the team together. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, Scotty Barnes, I mean, that was, you know, that was a controversial pick when the Raptors made it, so that's panned out pretty well. Um, no love for Cade? Cade, oh, yeah. it's all right. I think I think it sucks because when you're the number one pick and you're doing good, it's kind of like, oh well, you know, you're That's doing expected. exactly what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> He's had some crazy good games though. He yeah. might he might be something real special. Yeah, I think I think it'll be better to judge him now that he's got Jeremy Grant back. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, and um, hopefully helps a, a good player next year too. Like he just has nothing around him. Sadiq yeah. Bay is his second best player. Yeah, him and Diallo looked like to be like oh, some of the one of the better players. Diallo, too. man, you know he he's you know he shows nice flashes in stat sheets sometimes, but that that's just sad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next award here, Coach of the Year. Um, 
I think I think we could go back and forth on this a little I bit. I think yeah, I think either one of these guys more than deserving. I'm going to give it to Taylor Jenkins, you know, Memphis Grizzlies. We've already mentioned a few of them already, you know, John mm-hmm. Morant, Desmond Bain. The and even making Steven Adams work better than Valanciunas did for this team. I mm-hmm. I just don't see how he doesn't get this award. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there's some other coaches that you maybe mention in a minute that are as deserving, but I think just as far as expectations at the beginning of the season, you know, I I don't know. It just makes a lot of sense to me. No one expected Memphis to be this good. Yeah, and I think Taylor when you look at the progression of this team through the year, the way they came out the gates versus where they are now, coaching, I think, had a lot to do with that. It wasn't just John Morant going out there exploding right. every night for 40 points. They win mm-hmm. 25 points. They lose. Yep. It's the whole team just really uh, every player on the roster seeming to get better every every week. And yeah. guys Eight finding and two their... without Morant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Steve, you mentioned Steve. I think Steven Adams is like a great example of that Brandon Clark also another example finding his role uh with the Memphis Grizzlies but a big a name that I think has to be worth mentioning though is also Monty Williams I think 100%. because of because of the Suns going to the finals and they've sort of been hanging on to that number 1 seed for a while now I think it's easy to kind of forget that they're the best team in the league right now yeah. by far <laughs> by, it's by not close <laughs> yeah it's yeah. not even close and they spanked the Nets last night <laughs> and every time they play these big games they they do everything so well and even better than last year. Uh, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Aiden look better. Devin Booker looks better. Chris Paul just looks like he's doing his thing. Like all he the looks time, even the better than last looks, year. <laughs> mm-hmm. The whole team just looks so well composed, and I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, like if they go and win the title this year, or if they no. at the very least yeah. win the go to the NBA Finals. It's looking very likely, and uh, I think Monty Williams is a big big part of that his calm demeanor and just his basketball iq um mm-hmm. is huge and he'd be one of the few coaches of the year if any that get to go back to back coach of yeah. the year so maybe that works against his favor but i i would still i still i'd give him my vote oh yeah i i would not be upset with that either and uh, you know a lot of these games they won out deandre aiden you know they're rolling out mm-hmm. javel mcgee and bismarck biombo and making it work if you can yeah. make that center duo work for you for a winning formula that is something very few coaches could accomplish uh so gotta give this guy huge credit but yeah i mean you know the honorable mention i think we need to throw is jb bickerstaff of the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, eric spolstra always deserves a mention uh, there, yeah, there's been some very impressive teams this year that have stepped up when, you know, we didn't expect them to, uh, yeah. so a lot, a lot of good names out there. Some really good coaching going on. Yeah. All NBA first team. I don't think there's any disagreement we have here. The same <laughs> exact lineup. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I wanted a, a piece of me did want to give an honorable mention on this NBA. So we got Curry at the point, John Moran at the two, LeBron at the three, Giannis at the four, and Jokic at the five. There was a piece of me that wanted to work a Chicago Bull in here, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's just you, not. Who are you it's putting just, him in over? <laughs> who are you putting him in over? Yeah. Or like a Phoenix Sun, you know? Like, who can you really put Chris Paul over John Morant? Maybe you could put Chris Paul over John Morant. Maybe. 
But with the way this dude's playing right now, I, I just couldn't I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it either. I, I wanted to make one of those guys work. Uh, one of those two teams, I feel like they've also been yeah. so good all year that they should have more guys get earning these individual mentions. But mm-hmm. it's just these two, these five guys, yeah, I think, have been the cl- the far and out this yeah. year. No argument. No argument there. Mm-mm. Um, so that that rounds out our midseason awards. But, uh, you know, we're close to the trade deadline. So we've got a yes. couple of these. One week these away. Lists here. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a lot of them here. Uh, Sean, is there any here that stand out the most to you as like one of the ones that you wish comes to revelation well, or I may think, or may not happen? I think Jeremy Grant going to a contender is out the window at this point. It sounds mm-hmm. like talks have died a lot. Obviously, I'd love to see the Clippers trade Marcus Morris away and get rid of him forever. I'm warming to Luke Kennard a bit. He, he's had a good streak lately. Um... I really want to see Sabonis and Miles Turner leave Indiana. I, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest one I want to see. And I, I don't know where they go, but it's clearly not the work, the winning formula in Indiana. I mean, which is crazy because these guys are both uber talented as individuals. I mean, Miles Turner should be in conversation for defensive player of the year if he could ever stay healthy. Yep. Sabonis is a walking triple double any given night these guys move the needle for you and if it's not going to work in indiana i want to see them competing for a championship somewhere else and yeah yeah it 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 sucks to see you know such superstar power being put to waste on a 12th seed team right i think in terms of actual moving the needle this year so bonus maybe not miles turner with the injury that he has now or maybe he could come back still and make some noise in the playoffs for a team but Sabonis right now seems to be the most consequential piece that could be moved. And I feel like the chatter was picking up just a few weeks ago, and it seems like it's died out. It doesn't seem like any rumors have leaked of offers being made. But it is crazy that the the Pacers are sitting at 19-34, and and they have a guy who might make all-NBA third team, maybe second team in Sabonis, be an all-star again this year. Um and they got other good pieces, but it's just not working out for for whatever reason. Uh, maybe Ray Carlisle was just not the hire to be made, but it feels crazy that the Pacers might actually trade this guy. And wherever he goes, I think he's going to be consequential. And the teams that I, the team that comes to mind for me is the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Uh, if I think he fits what they're doing so well there, and I alongside think he'd be a Porzingis. Good piece. I think Przingis would probably have to be part of that package. Whoa! So you're just gonna replace Przingis with Sabonis? I, I take I take Sabonis mm. over Przingis. I wow. would take Sabonis over Przingis, and I think that does make their team better. Pair him up huh. with Luca, and I think you got your overall team IQ just goes another level. Defensively, <laughs> I think they go another level. I, yeah. I love that fit. That's the team that comes to mind. He's the other one more is. Durable. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The other one, which would essentially just be game over for the rest of the league, is if the Warriors somehow. <laughs> oh, how would that happen? <laughs> the Warriors? Yeah, you never know. Maybe they could make it happen. Who are they trading him for? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. I think they can. I think there's got to be some way that can work out in terms of from that would be so stupid. I, I <laughs> let's not even think about how that could happen. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> that but, that would be game over. You're right. 
But that's mm-hmm. like saying if he went to Phoenix, it'd be game over too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Phoenix, yeah, would have to like definitely swap out. Like, I don't know who they'd have to send out. They'd have to. They'd send them like I don't know, uh, Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to send out uh, quite a few guys. Dario Saric, <laughs> just mm-hmm. dump some trash and some picks at him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I the only thing I say about the Warriors is they have the young pieces. I think any team would want a trade package that James Wiseman. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga or Moses mm. Moody. I think that's yeah, a good combo. And then you the just pieces. throw in salaries in there. Throw in <sighs> Wiggins. Wiggins would probably have to be part of that deal. Uh, maybe. You could probably skate by between Wiseman, Kaminga. It's a bonus, really. He's not a max contract guy yet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still on a pretty value deal. And that's what makes him such a asset in my mind. Um, I don't want to think about that, though. Uh, <laughs> I think the other teams that need to make a big move, the Hawks, the Jazz, and the Kings. The Hawks, because they, they are reeling right now. They are outside the play-in. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz just lost Ingles. That's a huge piece for them. And you know you know, if they have another bad playoff run, Donovan Mitchell's thinking about walking out that door. Yep. And the, and the Kings... You need to stop sucking at some point. You know, you can't just keep drafting point guards in the top 10 and hope that it works out for you. You you got to yeah. make a big move. So one of these three teams, hopefully all three of those teams make a move. Yeah. The the interesting one that you mentioned earlier was the Clippers. And the Clippers are interesting mm-hmm. because they have no first-round picks this year. <laughs> Paul George, Kawhi Leonard yep. are are just sitting in the dumps and they could potentially come back or potentially not come back. The pick they owe to OKC is unprotected, so they. It just seems so weird that like they're. I don't know. It seems like they should be trying to buy something, or at the very least, or maybe they just don't. They throw in the towel and don't care about it, and yeah. try to shop for a first rounder from another team with these with Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris. Maybe they get they can get a first rounder from uh, the Jazz or the Hawks or something. Oh, so you're talking but, about uh, tanking for just trading players for picks. Exactly. Just Oof. just throwing the towel in and just saying you're going to give that oh. pick to OKC anyways. I guess oh, the question man. is what what do you think is the most likely of those two scenarios? If they call it, throw in the towel, trade, get a first no, rounder this year. I think the Clippers are all in, man. If they trade, it's going to be for a player. Yeah, it's going to be for a player because they're, they're going to hope Paul George comes back. They're going to hope there's some chance Kawhi can come back in like late March. Mm-hmm. Because the the franchise is fully bought into winning a championship in this window. If they you don't, have to. It, yeah, you have to try. You know, any chance you have, you have to try. I I don't think that they think a a rookie helps that timeline at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's that they they are going to be an interesting one to see. I think they're gonna have to. They're gonna they be one of the be. teams. I think that ends up making a move. Um, this this as we get closer, and it might just even be yeah. a small move, but I think I could see them making one. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jazz and the Hawks, the Jazz are just interesting because I don't know what they could get <laughs> or who they could. Well, uh, I, I, so I I can tell you that the names that they're floating out right now that they're looking at, at least from what I've seen on the rumor mill, is Harrison Barnes and Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah. Yep. Eric Gordon, it's it's a good name. Harrison Barnes. Um, here's a name too that we haven't thrown out there either. Christian Wood. It's Christian Wood mm-hmm. in play here for some of these teams. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a tough one. He should be, I think. He could be a high-impact player under the radar. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they think there's some attitude issues there after that spat he had with Houston. Yeah. But he's on a good deal. He's a 2010 guy. I just, yeah, I think it's worth worth the risk for sure if you can get the right deal in place. Right. In terms of the Hawks, it's what is wrong with this team and what what deals could actually <laughs> help this team? It, yeah, it is odd, right? You know, it's the same team as last year, but you know, Collins isn't, you know, playing up to speed. Bogdanovich has been pretty poor. Gallinari has been pretty poor this year. Yeah, they're just all underperforming. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder, do you throw the towel in, make a trade, get a younger, better player, and then just hope you have better luck next year or something? Yeah, um, that's crazy, man. We thought they were going to be a mainstay in the Eastern Conference. Now, it's just, uh, I don't know what changed. Maybe people are just, uh, maybe they're just predictable now. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. change anything from last year. Figured yeah. out how to get around Trey Young a little easier. Um, they do need to make a move, though. Um, I just getting that first round pick they they have to do something with that to to make a big play yeah exactly the kings i'm glad to see that they made some some potential moves for to try to get ben simmons seems sounds yeah, like everything's tried. been rejected <laughs> but they've tried and uh um, yeah well hopefully they if they get desperate enough they can just swing buddy heel over to the lakers for <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah right uh, <laughs> probably not nothing um yeah but exactly it would be interesting to see them you know part ways with harrison barnes or you know maybe even De'Aaron fox i don't know yeah it's it's a it's a rough one man it's a rough they seems like they have nice pieces but none of them are really that great to make the overall move the needle for the overall team yeah Um, for sure yep uh any other thoughts on on any of these trade deadline wishes sean uh, no, I mean, I know that recently CJ McCollum's name has been floated out to a few teams, uh, which is pretty cool to think about. Um, but the Pelicans might be buyers and try to make the play in tournament and hope Zion comes back in time for the season to end, which is a baffling prospect to me. Um, no chance. If, that, if they actually go to try to buy better players, um, you know, maybe trade josh hart or i don't know Nikhil alexander walker who's probably not worth that much anymore um that would be very interesting but i'm it's gonna be an exciting week or maybe it's just gonna be an exciting few days it seems like everyone's kind of holding their chips until the very end because and the only trade we've gotten so far is the cam reddish one so we're just we're sitting on our hands waiting for people to make make the moves yeah, and the better player the Pelicans could have bought, his name was Lonzo Ball, and they let him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's gonna sting for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, switching gears, we can chat through some of these rising star players, players who have been on the rise here the last the last week or so. We got Month or Pascal so, Siakam. Really. Yeah. Pascal Siakam really turning it up now, back to his All Star production, and the Raptors are. In the eighth seed, thanks thanks to Siakam, Barnes, and OGN and OB, averaging 22 points per game in January, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, 41% from three, and a 10-16 and 16 record in January. Shout out to Pascal Siakam. Great to see this guy back. And shout out to this next guy, and Fernie Simons. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram-Light? 
coming out of nowhere and just being this huge production for this team with Dame and CJ injured and CJ just came back. But even through that, the month of January, Infernee's averaging 23 points a game, 6.7 assists on 46% from the floor with 42% from three and 88 from the line. Um, in Portland, you know, they have a, they had a winning record in January, eight and seven led by mostly and Fernie Simons. <laughs> this is a Maybe name he's though. in the he's... most improved player of the year conversation too. Yeah, and this is a name though that's lived, that's hovered around the Portland Trailblazers for a number of years. Is like, oh, this is a, is this a good piece? Is this not a good piece? And out of nowhere comes out of the gates, <laughs> Dame gets hurt, and now he wants to be a great player. Yeah, <laughs> it's Go figure, crazy. Man. They could have uh, yeah, used him last year. Coming. The, this good, this dude's hunting for the bag in the off season. Someone is going to overpay for Infernee mm-hmm. Simons, and it's probably going to be like Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a name to mark and see where he goes next year. I mean, I, I'm glad this guy's balling out, but uh, he's been around for a while, and it's never shown flashes of this. And just coming yeah. out of nowhere, he's doing it, putting it all together. Yeah, yeah it see, it seems like it can't last, but you know. 23 points per game through a whole month. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next name, you, Kyle you Kuzma. Got, yeah, this is all you right here, man. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, man. I, I was a believer. I feel bad because I was a believer, and then I just jumped off his ship the last year and a half. And, man, this year was like, okay, he's putting together some games. Is is this real? And, man, I'm starting to believe this is real, at least, yeah. at least for, relative to the team he's on. Uh, the Wizards have been just having guys come in and out of the in and out of the lineup. Bradley Beal comes out, Thomas Bryant comes back, Ruha Shimaro comes back. You got Montres Harrell. It's a pretty pretty crowded roster that they have. But Kyle Kuzma has really held steady, whether they're winning or they're losing, uh, <laughs> the last month and a half, and he's just been doing everything for this team. Uh, averaging 22 points per game, 11 rebounds, three assists, and one block per game. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. And, yeah, one of the memes going around was, like, well, Kyle Kuzma now has a higher 2K rating than Westbrook. Um, <laughs> that is ridiculous to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, you traded Kuzma and Harrell and KCP for a guy that has a 2K rating worse than Kuzma. Yep. What the heck? But well-deserved, man. I did not expect Kuzma to continue this production for as long as he has. I thought he had a hot start hot start to the year. I thought he'd regress, especially when all these pieces came back. Like you mentioned, I thought he would ha- see a reduction, but he hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy. I, <laughs> I'm stunned, man. He's, you know, back to being that guy that, you know, Lakers fans dreamed of when he was in his second year and he was balling out. Right. This is this is essentially that. It's kind of he's going back to who Kyle Kuzma was that year, but just even better. He's knocking down the shots, yeah. and the team has a slightly better record than that Laker team did, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's creeping towards the wrong direction lately, but and Kyle Kuzma is doing his best to keep him afloat. Yeah, and, and, that, and he's also in an interesting spot because this Wizards team uh could swing in different directions here in the next weeks or months as well as like do they trade yeah. Bradley Beal um and just go Doubtful. full tank and, and let Kuzma carry the team? No way. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't be, see it. It would be nuts. Um <laughs> next next dude Dar- Darius Garland, man. 
Whew. Garland just being the lone guard in that starting lineup, <laughs> true guard in that starting lineup, and just carrying the torch. Uh, you lose Colin Sexton, you lose Ricky Rubio, but Garland is there to save the day, and his only backup this year right now is a is an old Rondo that the Lakers threw in a trade. <laughs> Why did they make that trade? It's such a waste for Cleveland. Yeah, uh, but Garland is hanging on, man. Nineteen points per game, almost almost at the twenty point mark. Eight assists and one point two steals, and the dude looks like he's making big strides in his career uh, and helping the Cavs yeah. win some games. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say he's surpassed Colin Sexton as the best guard in this rotation. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, sucks that you know Sexton and Rubio. You know, they they made a great three headed backcourt. But, you know, with two of those guys out for the season, Garland has shouldered the load. And obviously he has some help from some pretty good big men on the team. But he's able to hold the fort down as the primary ball handler. And he's looking like he's on the trajectory to become an all-star very soon. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, we we ridiculed Cleveland for picking a point guard after, you know, they drafted Colin Sexton the year before. And now it's like, you know, I guess it made sense that they drafted the best player available. Because I don't think they'd replace Garland with anyone right now. Yeah, I like Garland right now. I like his fit with the Cavs. It's going to be interesting what they if they decide to do anything with Colin Sexton next summer or if they try try playing the two guys together next year. But for now, Garland looks to be like the better winning fit mm-hmm. for this roster and what they're doing with all their big guys. Um, yeah. I like it. I, I think Sexton will come back and still be of use to this. I, obviously, he could get offers from other teams, but... If you have Garland as the primary ball handler, Sexton just can play shooting guard. I think that could still work pretty well. Yeah, they can play him, yeah, like a two-card. Yeah. So, yep, we'll see how that works out. Next section, players that fooled us. (laughs) What's going on here, Sean? Yeah, I mean, these are a little unfair, but I had big expectations for these players going into the year, and they've, they've let me down. Quite a bit. I mean, uh, I'll just name him right now. Jason Tatum. This dude took a huge step back from the last few seasons, averaging career low in field goal percent, three point percent, career high turnovers from that massive usage that he's taken on. And whenever I watch him, it just seems like he's trying to take the most difficult shot possible for the highlight reel. And which, you know, contributes to his low field goal percentage. And it just seems like he's trying to play a lot of hero ball. It, and it's obviously it has not translated well in the win column for Boston. I mean, they they're in danger of not even making the playoffs this year, sitting in the ninth seed right now. Granted, they have you know a sizable lead over the Hawks in Washington right now, but this team should be so much better. You know, this guy mm-hmm. should be a top five player, kind of like we were talking about with Anthony Davis, and he's not. And then the other guy. And you mentioned him as like he's playing all right this year. McCall Bridges has made no leaps at all this year. <laughs> Nothing. All his stats are slightly worse than they were last year. He's averaging less points, a little bit less rebounds and assists. His field goal percentage is down. His three-point percentage is down. Obviously, a lot of that's on the offensive end. He's a, he, he's a great defender. Okay, sure. He was a great defender last year. He's no better than he was last year. And they paid this man in the offseason. They gave him a big extension. He's the same player he was last year. It's just, you know, I expected a lot more from this guy. He has a lot more potential than this. So I'm pretty disappointed. I think Jason Tatum is fair. Um, 
the Celtics are just not doing, I think, as well as people were hoping this year. I mean, they're still over 500. I, I, I remember I made a pretty bold prediction that this team was not going to even finish 500. Right, this yeah. Year. You thought but, they were going to tank. <laughs> yeah, I knew they weren't going to be as great as people were expecting them to be, top four in the Eastern Conference. I wasn't buying any of that, but yeah. I did think they were going to be worse. So I guess somewhere in the they as I, as they say, the truth always falls somewhere in the middle. Um, <laughs> so this is where they're at. But I think, yeah, Jason Tatum... I don't know something about him just something about his game the way he plays and he goes about it feels a little not in sync with what the rest of the league is doing or at least what the rest of the the top players in this league are doing the top players in this league are shooting the ball well and they're really looking to get their teammates involved and really move the ball Jason Tatum doesn't seem to be really be interested in doing that all that much Um, so I think that's holding him back a bit and maybe the Jalen Brown tandem with him 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 and Jalen Brown just aren't quite quite working out that that well but I agree with with you on there Michael Bridges is an interesting name to put here I, I you know what's one name yeah. that I would put huh. here huh. Kevin Porter Jr. Oh. And, and, and maybe it's tough to put him here because he's, he's he doesn't have the big payday that Jason Tatum and Mikel Bridges have now mm-hmm but there was a lot of hype around uh, Kevin Porter Jr. heading there into was, this year. But he was always a volatile player. Like True. I'm not, I'm not surprised that he didn't reach his potential yet. It, it, uh, you know, now we're talking about other names. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, that's another. Oh name man, talk about the biggest <laughs> disappointment! Holy crap, this guy had all the opportunity in the world, and that's all NBA players need sometimes. You know, Desmond Bain. Miles Bridges getting the opportunity and taking advantage, becoming big time NBA players. Alexander Walker was getting 30 plus minutes a game as a starter on the Pelicans and was sucking every game. Well, you get like yeah. 30% shooting, nothing, no other stats, just losing Clunkers. basketball. Oh, man. Relegated back to his bench role. Yeah, Terrible. he lost his starting job to Herbert Jones. <laughs> yeah. And Garrett Temple. Uh I mean Josh Hart came back and Josh Hart's been Yeah, awesome, Josh Hart's but, been balling. But even before Josh Hart came back, Walker right. had already been regulated to the bench. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Disappointment. <laughs> I mean, those guys are a little different just because they're not getting paid the big bucks, at least not yet. But yeah, yeah talk about hype. Oh man. Heading into <laughs> heading for those two names this offseason. Yeah. And it's just, just totally clunkered it and blew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, for every player that exceeds our expectations, there's going to be one that falls well short of them. So, yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. And final thoughts to, to close off the podcast, talking about disappointment in players. <laughs> I mean, we could, we've disappointed ourselves also with our big hot takes that we started the year off with. And we can revisit those. And one of my hot takes was this year Christian Wood would make the all-star team. It's not happening. <laughs> he, he, he's shown some flashes, but just a lot of inconsistency from Christian Wood. And he's had a really healthy year, too. And I thought health would be yeah. his biggest obstacle. But he's been healthy. But he's just his play has not been consistent. He's fallen off a bit in terms of points per game. His rebounding numbers are up. But his efficiency, the efficiency that he showed last year and even in the couple games before he signed with Houston 
it looked like that was a consistent thing he'd have in his back pocket, but it was it hasn't been quite been there all year. Uh, even though it's, I think this was if there was a year he was going to do it, it could have been this year. I don't think the yeah. West is as strong as it's been in previous years, even from an individual yeah. talent perspective. I mean, we saw who made the front court starters for the All Star exactly. game. Yeah, and he ha- he could have beaten out Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I think he could have done it. Yeah, I think he could have beaten Wiggins. I mean, there's the you know you got big names like Kawhi and Paul George not in the running. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis. Isn't, isn't in the yeah. running. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this might be the year he looks back on and kind of smacks his head a little bit. Uh, yeah. But he's no all star this year. And the second one is Josh <laughs> Josh Giddy winning rookie of the year. I knew that was a... He's still playing well though. He's still yeah. playing well. Yeah. <laughs> Th- that was definitely a reach. Um, but it's not gonna happen. He's probably <laughs> he'll make first team for sure. I don't think yeah. there's a better rookie point guard than him. No way. Yeah. Uh but you Unless know, you overall Cade. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You got Cade. I forgot. I guess you could put him primary ball handler, you could put him as two or or the one or the two, but probably more than one. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, to take that back. But he should be. I, th- <laughs> I think he is still top five rookie this year. Um, so I think yeah. I could, I'll see him on the first team. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. You know, it, it was close. And <laughs> I, I, I remember I, I had a pretty good amount of them, of these hot takes. Some not as hot as yours. I mean, I think the Christian Wood one's probably the hottest one any of us had. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had John Morant being all NBA. That's not even a question. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, but it just goes to show it's like that hot start wasn't just a hot start. It, that's like just his normal now. Um, I also had Miles Bridges being an all star. Didn't quite happen. Um, he did fall off a bit, but I'm still pretty happy with what he's been able to do. Um, I also had Alex Caruso leading the league in steals, which, you know, is unfortunate that he got hurt. You know, because mm-hmm, he was doing it. He was doing it. He was averaging 1.9 steals a game. He he would have been right there, uh, right with Dejounte Murray and Chris Paul. But you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, this one I'm pretty proud of. Harrison Barnes flopping and ruining his chance at an All Star game too. <laughs> this dude started the season averaging like 28 points a game. <laughs> it was absolutely unreal. And contrary to John Morant, he did not continue doing that. No. And so back to the Harrison Barnes that we all know and love, you know, <laughs> average role player. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud that I called that one. But mm-hmm. it, it seemed like a pretty easy bet to make when the dude's 30 years old. and He's playing the best basketball of his life when he's never even come close to it. Um, and then this one was pretty hot too at the time. Paul George was still healthy, even, um, and maybe you know injury obviously plays a big part in this. But I, I predicted that the Clippers wouldn't make the playoffs, and that is still in play right now. So <laughs> they're still hanging on. They're still hanging on, <laughs> but it's it's dicey, man. That that is still in play. So not bad. Yeah, I would say not bad overall. Yeah, I was 0 for 2 on my big ones, and you are... I'm you got 2 of 5 right now. 2 of 5. 2 of 5. 2 of 5. That's pretty good. Well, yeah. you got some on the board. You know, I went yeah. pretty I went, I went, went pretty pretty spicy with my takes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, think I respect that. Makes it a bit fun, but yeah, the Clippers looking like the better LA team for now. But, you know, for we'll, now. See. we'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, well, any other final thoughts, Sean, before we close it out? Oh, excited to talk trade deadline madness with you next week. Hopefully we see some good stuff there. 
yeah we'll break down everything that happens and if anything happens or Hopefully. if nothing if nothing does happen we'll talk about what we wish did happen so <laughs> yeah definitely there'll be there'll be something in regards to that for sure yeah so thanks everybody for tuning in and uh check us out week in and week out as we break down the nba thanks everybody yes sir have a good week everybody